podcast that you're listening to is being presented to you with the cooperation of the SJ Network. If you're a person who needs a publicist and you want to appear on podcasts, contact Stephen Joyner at s-j-network.com. Let's get on with the show. I'm writing a movie about Pinocchio joining the mob. What are you going to call it? Woodfellas. I think it's time to listen to this week's guest podcaster, Mike White of The Projection Booth. Attention, rebels of the show pollution. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. We would like to give you a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial simply by heading to www.audibletrial.com Sherpa. There are over 180,000 titles of audiobooks and podcasts, including this one, to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And now, the one and only Mr. Bruce will lead you into the Sherpa Chalet. As a reminder, the Cool Mount Podcastia air that you are inhaling is a result of the Yaks Burrito Dinner. Welcome to Too Many Podcasts, the podcast about podcasts. Now, podcasting from the Sherpa Chalet on Mount Podcastia, he's your host, Jim, the podcast Sherpa. Hello there, Rebels of the Sharp Revolution. Welcome to Too Many Podcasts. It is the podcast about podcasts and so much more. It is I, Jim, the podcast Sherpa, coming to you from the Sharper Chalet. And I've got a really great interview today if you like movies. No, no, no. Let, let's rephrase that. I've got a really great interview for you today if you love movies. And I mean actually love movies, not just the popcorn, not just the sticky seats and the sticky floors. No, the movie beginning to end. You want to know everything about it. Take that deep dive. And I, and I found the master of the deep dive today. He is my guest today. Who's our guest today, Sherpa? His name is Mike White. He is the host of the podcast The Projection Booth. And it is a widely acclaimed podcast about movies. It is Truly a deep dive into all sorts of movies, old and new, obscure and popular, you name it, he's covered it. And we got to talk a lot about movies, and you're really going to hear about his real love for movies. And if you're the type of person who loves movies just as much as he does, you're going to love this interview. It all works out, right? So stick around and catch my interview with Mr. Mike White of... The projection booth. Following that interview, we will be doing some Sherpa samples off the charts. And I got some good ones for you this week, Rebels. So stick around. Hello, the Rebels. We are in the movie theater, of course, of the Sherpa Chalet. And my guest is one of the ideal guests to have it with you seating next to you, uh, sharing a big Coke and a popcorn. I'm guessing. His name is Mike White. He is the host of the Projection Booth podcast. And not only is that one a deep dive into movies, he does a whole bunch of TV show podcasts as well. This is a medium man. He is the king of the deep dive. <laughs> Coming to us from Detroit. Detroit, right? That's correct. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. I really appreciate it. Oh, we were more than welcome, sir. This is exciting for me to get to speak to you, too. Now, your show, it, it, it's amazing that you've got that critical acclaim. What do you think is different about your show you know, because there's this, there's a ton of movie podcasts, but you know, yours is held in really high regard. And I'm not trying to, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to act like shocked or anything like that. Because <laughs> it's a great show. But what, what do you think helps helps you to make it stand out? 
Well, I would like to think that it's, you know, the caliber of the co-hosts that I have, the guests that we get on, and then also the research that we do. We, I'd love to do a lot of research. So I try to read as many books as possible, scripts if I can, watch the movie, of course, and then any related film. So really try to give a whole picture of that. And then also try not to be a bunch of chuckleheads just laughing about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's easy, big plus. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of movie podcasts like that. And we try to separate it out a little bit. Well, well there go my helps to being critically acclaimed. Then. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to guess, were you a big movie kid, a TV kid? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was the the thing that I do with my friends was either going to movies or renting movies. We grew up in the age of uh, VHS tapes being the thing. So going over to Blockbuster or any of the mom and pop video stores, picking stuff up and just watching the hell out of stuff and doing a lot of, we would find certain titles that we would just kind of glom onto and watch them over and over and over again. So that was kind of our, our thing. So other people had, you know, sports or music or whatever, but we had movies. I'm going to guess when people have movie shows, uh, I always like to ask them, do you prefer watching it at home or do you miss the theaters? Oh, I miss the theaters. It's such a treat to see something on such a big screen. And there's so many movies that it's like, I don't really want to watch this at home. I kind of hope there's a revival screening of this someday. Like mm-hmm. there's so many French, Italian, Japanese films that I'm just like, man, I wish that I could see this theatrically. And I really just don't want to even see it sitting on my couch. I just want that experience. And I always was partial to the, the kind of communal experience of it, that the big roar of the laughter, the, the, the huge, you know, spontaneous applause coming yeah. from the audience, you know, or, or everybody screaming, you know, it, 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 it's funny because it makes you feel like you're part of something when you're in the theater. Oh, yeah. I think the last time I experienced that was probably Avengers Endgame and just people standing up and cheering or people crying and just, yeah. I mean, I still get chills in certain scenes in that movie and that was one of those experiences and that might be the last time I experienced that for a long time until the movies really rebound because you're not getting that with the current amount of people that are in the crowds right now. The crowd is a very generous word. I'm seeing things with like four and five people in the theaters these days rather than, you know, 100, 200, 300. For those of you who haven't checked out Mike's show, I mean, you've got hundreds of episodes about hundreds of movies. I mean, from obscure things to very popular things. Yeah. Yeah, I try to cover what I call it is uh, we go from the art house to the outhouse. We try to cover just about a little bit of everything. So there's no real rhyme or reason to it. We try to kind of group some things together as we go through the year. And over the years, things have kind of cropped up. But yeah, I'm all over the map when it comes to that. A lot of it is requests or who is available for interviews or just this looks like a really interesting movie. Let's talk about it. There's a lot of times where I'm choosing movies that of things that I've never seen, but I just want to challenge myself and watch something that I haven't seen before and do that deep dive and get into it. When I was looking at the list of, of all the different movies, I'm saying this guy's got to have a DVD collection like <laughs> no other man on earth. <laughs> well, you can probably see over my shoulder here. It's it's pretty pretty deep with stuff, though. <laughs> I I tend to do a lot of you know. There's a lot of movies that aren't available on DVD that we still cover. So it's like, all right, 
different ways of att- obtaining those, let's say. So I definitely was into the gray market when I was coming up, and especially right after college, being able to find things through like Video Search of Miami or Shocking Videos or those kind of places where, you know, this was pre-streaming, pre-anything. And it was just a matter of like, okay, can we find these movies? So I was doing a lot of VHS tape trading and collecting. And these shelves behind me used to be all VHS. So it's been a long time coming. So at least it's nice that you kind of compressed a little area yeah. in your home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I've done a lot of purges over the years too. There's a lot of stuff where it's just like, okay, I got to donate this to the Red Cross and just let them have that in their tape library while people are given blood, they can watch movies. So here you go. Here's the, after a while, I think they're going to probably tell me like, stop bringing us things because some of them are too obscure. You know, I don't need this Czech comedy from 64. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, you're talking about a Czech comedy from 64 like it's a fine wine. It's like, I have a Czech comedy from 64. Yes. <laughs> 66 is a better vintage for Czechoslovakia. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, once you get into 68, things start to go different with the, you know, the Prague Spring and everything. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. A lot of your shows, I mean, you have interviews with screenwriters, directors, uh, and, and a lot of actors. I know a lot of people's favorites like Willem Dafoe, Jeff Goldblum, the very underrated but amazing Ed Harris. Oh, yeah. Gosh. Yeah. I can't tell you how thrilled I was when Ed Harris said that, yes, he would agree to be in an interview subject or any of these people. I mean, anybody that agrees to be a subject on the show, I just get such a thrill, whether it's, you know, Joe Schmo from Kokomo or Willem Dafoe. So anybody is great. It's just like, yes, please tell, talk to me about this. Tell me your stories. That's what I want to hear. And I'd like to think that somebody out there is going to catalog these things one of these days and maybe just like have some sort of archive where it's like, oh, I'm very curious about this film. Oh, here's this actor talking about it. We hear these stories and especially kind of trying to put the record straight a little bit, fill in some history kind of things. It's like, there's a lot of times where I will be like, all right, I've heard this story. What's the real story behind this? And then try to deep dive into that. And sometimes the the apocryphal story is the true one. And other times it's like, no, no, here's what really happened. Or you get that Rashima effect where you've got all these different people telling you all these different versions. One of my favorite episodes ever that I did was one on Electric Light and Blue, this movie with Robert Blake, kind of obscure, but I think it's actually coming out on Blu-ray if it hasn't already. But to hear the screenwriter and the producer talk about it, if one said black, the other said white. And it was just them going back and forth on all these stories and just pretty much calling the other one a liar the entire time. I loved it. <laughs> but the proof is on the DVD or the audio, yes, yes, yes. whichever, uh, <laughs> whichever may appear. So, I mean, you're doing uh, five and six hour podcasts on certain movies. How, yeah. how do you manage that? I mean, I'm, I'm sweating after like an hour. <laughs> Well, a lot of these, I mean, I've got interviews recorded for stuff, you know, next year kind of thing. I try to put together the list of things I'm going to cover. Like, I've already got a pretty good idea of what 2023 is going to bring, even a little bit of 2024. So you're putting in the work early, collecting these things. If I was a better person, I'd be editing these things as I was going along, because the editing is what takes the longest amount of time. And that's another thing where I hope that kind of separates me out from some of the other folks. It's just like trying to eliminate the pauses and the ums and the uhs and these 
things where it's just like, no, just give me the facts. You know, even when people say, well, I think that I will usually cut that right out of their sentence because it's like, well, of course you think it, you're saying it, you know, I can tell that you're thinking it because it's coming out of your mouth right now. So, but yeah, with, with the longer episodes, I don't know how I've done it over the years, but it happens and it happens a lot. You know, these days I've been averaging two, three hours sometimes, but um, if it's not just kind of a quick interview with somebody, especially somebody behind a new movie, those are usually about 15, 20 minutes. But yeah, we've got an episode coming up on Super Mario Brothers that is probably going to break my soul because it is, I've interviewed so many people behind that movie. It's just ridiculous. So putting that together is yeah, I'm, I'm going to be um, very crushed after I, <laughs> I might need a vacation after I put that one out. A little crampy fingers from uh, typing on the keyboard. Yeah, exactly. Lot, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, apart from that wall of DVDs that you just showed me, this is audio folks. So you guys missed out on it. So, so um, do you have like, uh, I guess we could probably call it like a, a desert island DVD that you would have to have with you? Like a top, oh, maybe boy. top five or top three? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like I talked about how I would watch movies with friends when I was in high school. And I absolutely, the whole group of us fell in love with a movie called Black Shampoo. This uh, film from Graydon Clark from, I think, 76. I just, we watch that every year, December 26th, rain or shine, whether we're together or apart, we're always watching Black Shampoo. And that's one of them that I would have to take with me. And that's one of those weird ones when people ask like what's your favorite movie and i'm like black shampoo and it's like what the hell are you talking about like why not citizen kane or the godfather or any of these kind of things it's like sorry yeah no i i have such a an affection for that film after watching it a few hundred times like kind of have to take that with me to the desert island if i'm going to go well <laughs> <laughs> what's it about it is about it's kind of a black exploitation take on warren Beatty's shampoo or hal Aspie's shampoo okay it's a, about a um a black business owner who lives in los angeles and he runs a hair salon out there and he falls in love with his secretary brenda his receptionist i should say and then she was involved with the mob they end up taking Taking her away, he goes on a kill crazy rampage, which involves chainsaws and pool cues, and it's fantastic. <laughs> well, there's not too much hair care actually involved in this. Movie. Not a whole lot. I don't think he really does too many people's hairs. The uh, infamous uh, Skip E. Lowe, who had a public access show out in San Francisco for many years, or it might have been Los Angeles, but he had a public access show for years and years. He's one of uh, Mr. Jonathan. Mr. Jonathan's the main guy, one of uh, his hairdressers. So you get a little bit of that camp factor in there as well. And then you get a lot of Graydon Clark's regulars, but they're all going by assumed names because it was a non-union picture. So tracking down who these people were for years was quite a challenge. (laughs) But luckily, uh, gosh, I can't even tell you how many years ago it was, probably 20 or more. Graydon reached out to me and was just like, hey, I hear you want to talk to me. I hear you like this movie of mine a lot. And then we kind of stuck up a friendship. So that's been amazing to actually talk to him and talk to some of the people behind the film as well. That is pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, what about actors or actresses? Do you have any? Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. That, 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 like if you see their name, in the, in the credits that, like, I have to see this movie? Yeah, yeah, there's quite a few. I mean, the first one that jumps to mind is probably Timothy Carey. I love 
him so much. Um, if folks aren't familiar, I mean, he shows up in a lot of movies, especially a lot of Kubrick films. That might be where people can get their first taste of him. He was one of the three prisoners in uh, Paths of Glory. He also shows up and he shoots a horse in The Killing. Um, he also gets the crap beat out of him by Marlon Brando in One-Eyed Jacks. Um, but I think he was cast when Kubrick was still directing that one. Uh, he also was in uh, Head with the Monkees, mm -hmm. but he made one solo film where he was the writer, director, producer, star called World's Greatest Sinner, which if you haven't seen that one, you have to track it down. It is amazing. And uh, great score by Frank Zappa, of all people. And it, it is uh, it is. Timothy Carey as Clarence Hilliard, who is a man of the people, and he becomes this street corner preacher preaching about the common man party and that he wants everyone to realize that the true power of God is in them and not out there. And by the end of the movie, he's basically having a fist fight with God. It's amazing. <laughs> is that, that's something you don't really see on the screen. Too. No, no. And <laughs> listening to your show, uh, you really, and, and your co-hosts as well, have, have such a, I'm trying to think of the right word to say, uh, like a deeper appreciation for movies and movie making than, than the casual fan. Right, right. Yeah, I hope that that passion comes through. That's the biggest thing. It's like, especially when it comes to like who my co-hosts are on a per episode basis, a lot of it is, do you have passion around speaking about this film? And mm -hmm. it's like, try not to be a casual person as far as like, Oh yeah, I've seen that. I'd like to talk about it. It's like, no, I want the people that are just like, that is the movie that I have to talk about. Like where they're like clawing at each other, just like, no, no, get out of the way. I want to be the person to talk about this, you know? And like people have written articles about things or have written books about things. So getting somebody who's written a book about a subject as one of my co-hosts, that's just such a dream. I'm just like, yes, you know all this stuff. I know you're passionate about things. So come on aboard and let's talk about this. And then I also get to talk about their book at the same time, which is always great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. A little uh, cross promotion for the book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. Are there any dream guests that you haven't had? I mean, you, you've done so much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there have been a lot of people where I've been trying to reach out. And it's very sad when I see people pass away where I'm just like, man, I've been trying to get a hold of this guy for years. And then he passes away. And you just feel like, ah, you know, you feel bad about them passing way and then you also feel like i really wanted to connect with that person you know that's mm -hmm. that would have been great but yeah there's folks like i mean ron perlman i'd love to have on or clancy brown or steve buscemi and these are also the guys where if you see their names in the credits you're just like yeah i want to i want to see this mm -hmm. i was just saying the other day i was re-watching uh, Johnny Mnemonic for probably the 50th time. And I was like, man, I've been trying to get a hold of Robert Longo, the director, for years. I would love to talk to him about the making of this movie. I tried uh, Henry Rollins. That was a no-go. Of course, Keanu's a little bit out of my league. Uh, Dolph Lundgren we've had on the show before. I'd like to reach out to him again and say, like, hey, come on aboard and let's talk about your role as the preacher, or the street preacher in Johnny Mnemonic. Or got to get ice uh, ice cube or sorry, ice tea on here. That'd be wonderful because we've talked about a lot of ice tea movies over the years, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm sure he'll be pleased to know that his... Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, his oeuvre has been explored. <laughs> the oeuvre of iced tea. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he's been doing, like, uh, car repair commercials lately or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. I'm sure he'd probably love to talk about his movies. Yeah, that and uh, what was it? The, uh, like, Tide or something, where it's, like, right. cold water. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Steve, Cole, Stone Cold, Cole. Steve Austin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's so many people and people ask me, it's like, what's your you know dream list? And it's like, well, it changes all the time. But here's some people that I would love to talk to. Okay, now I got to flip the coin a little bit. Are, are there any movies where you just like, no, no. <laughs> uh, I had one guy bothering me a lot on Twitter saying I should cover MacGruber. And I'm like, yeah, no, not, not MacGruber. I'm, I'm sorry. There's probably, it's probably funny, but it's not that funny to me. So yeah, I think I'll pass on MacGruber. Uh, <laughs> I do occasionally get requests. One nice thing is that I've got the Patreon set up so people can actually pay for requests because otherwise I would just be flooded. And it's like, Hey, I've got a great idea. Why don't you give me $25 a month for a year? And now you can request a movie <laughs> and you can request whatever you want. You could request MacGruber if you wanted to. And I would have to, I would feel obligated to do that. But uh, for the most part, there's nothing really I would shy away from other than some, some really distasteful like horror kind of stuff. But even then it's like, we've done like, you know, not that it's horror, but like Salo and things like that, where it's very difficult to watch, but I end up having to watch these movies multiple times for the show and study about them and things that I'm just like, I never was interested in this. Um, you know, Salo is a different story. I was interested in that, but there are certain ones like even, um, Super Mario Brothers. It's like, I wasn't interested in this movie. And then I've done all this research. Now I appreciate it a little bit more than I did, but ask me a year ago and I would have said, now nah, there's no way I'm ever going to talk about that film. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking earlier about like your, your deep appreciation for movies. How, how does like the casual fan learn to understand movies and movie making a little bit better? What you think there's a trick to it? Uh, you know, I'm not sure if there's a trick or not. I think just looking for themes and looking beyond what you're seeing is probably the best thing. So like mm -hmm. look in the background, look at the way that shots are composed, listen for lines, you know, you'll see a lot of clues and a lot of hints as far as, you know, things that are being repeated and just themes that are being explored that might not be right up there on the surface. Mm -hmm. I think looking at the films of, especially, you know, during the Hayes Code or like films noir of the 1940s and early 50s, and just seeing that there's so much more than just this simple story of, you know, she did him wrong type of thing, that there's so much more happening with these. Like, look for... You know, how things are coded. Is a character coded as gay rather than straight? You know, like take a look at how people are being portrayed. You know, there were so many like little clues and hints and things. And I, I love that as, as far as like pulling apart older films and being able to say like, oh, well, look at this. This theme is actually happening or the way that this character looks at this character. And I think too, looking at how people connect in the films. Even if you were to just go through a simple film and look at when things are in a two shot versus a single shot. And I was just, I'm trying to remember which movie I was watching the other day, but I was noticing that each character is being framed individually for the longest time. And then finally towards the end of the movie, when they're cooperating, then you get the two shot. 
then you start to see them working together. It's just like those kind of things are kind of nice to see mm-hmm. how we're being told the story. It isn't just the story itself. Now, given your body of work with all the podcasts that you've put out, did you ever consider doing like a compendium? Like maybe like, like when Leonard Moulton does those movie books, like would you ever consider doing something like that from your podcast? Possibly. It would be a whole hell of a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) For a guy who can do a six hour podcast, I do have a day job though, you know? (laughs) Um, It's funny because for a while I was a film critic for an online uh, magazine called Detour Mm -hmm. and also the local um, independent paper called the Metro Times here and a few other places. And I took all of those and I had run a zine like years ago called Cashers to Cinemart. And I took all those single movie reviews that I was doing for these disparate sources and I put them all together into a book. So it was kind of, it's interesting because there's a lot of movies that we have yet to cover on the show that I still want to because of writing the reviews back in Gosh, it must have been the early 2000s, late 90s. So it's like, you know, oh, I still haven't covered a boy and his dog. I'd love to do that, you know, and just like I, that was one of the reviews that I wrote. So there's probably, I don't know, 100 reviews or more inside of this book because I was just churning them out like crazy. But I hope putting enough, you know, actual like research and sentiment into it. I was doing a lot more than the $25 that they were paying me, um, <laughs> you know, I was, I was, I was giving them more than their money's worth with those movie reviews. So yeah, that's called cinema detours. And a lot of the origins of the projection booth are inside of that book. We also know that you do TV show podcasts. You yeah. have several. Yeah. Yeah. We I've got too many going on right now. We did one on Kolchak, the night stalker mm-hmm. that lasted for a few years. We were doing, one episode, I think it was one episode a month for, uh, for Kolchak. That lasted a few years. Luckily, luckily or unluckily, Kolchak was canceled after 20 episodes. But we covered the TV movies. We covered some movies that were similar to Kolchak, like one called the Norlis Tapes, which was pretty much Kolchak with a different person in it. Um, so that one is done, but I still, like, I just interviewed a guy who wrote a book about Kolchak. So that will be coming out as like a special episode for that. And then, um, yeah, we're doing one on Barney Miller. We've been doing that for a few years now, um, called the life and times of Captain Barney Miller. That's been a lot of fun because I watched Barney Miller when I was a kid and I haven't really watched it since. And then I'm watching it with my friend and co-host Chris Stashew and he's never seen Barney Miller. So seeing what this, you know, 31, I think Chris is now, but a very much younger than me, let's say, seeing what, what his take is on this is very enlightening. And then also now we're covering Columbo. We're only about five or six episodes into that one. But again, like hearing Chris connect with the Columbo character who is brand new to him, he had never really experienced Columbo before. Mm-hmm it gives my heart a lot of joy. So that's been a lot of fun. And Rank It on Bass, is that the other one? Yeah, yeah. We Well, we do one on, I think we're just about wrapped up with one called Dreams for Sale, which was about the 1985 incarnation of Twilight Zone. Uh, we are now starting one called Midnight Viewing, which is about the night gallery from 70, 
70, 71. I think we just covered one that started with in 1971. And then, yeah, Rankin' on Bass, which I describe as an offhanded joke that became a podcast. We were, it was um, the writer Richard Haddam, who writes for HBO's Titans. Um, he was a big fan of our Columbo show and came on as a guest host. And then we just kind of struck up a friendship with him. And we were BSing one day and he was like, oh, we should talk about these Rankin and Bass specials. And I think he regrets that he said that (laughs) (laughs) because we've covered pretty much most of the, what they call animotion, I believe, or animagic. That's what it is. Animagic uh, specials that they did. We've done a lot of animated ones over the last six or seven months. We've been talking about the live action films, which your mileage may vary. Definitely when it comes to those. But I had a lot of fun recently. We talked about The Last Dinosaur from, I think, 78. That was a blast. Oh, my God. If people haven't seen The Last Dinosaur, you have to track it down. It is like one of those movies that they should have done on Mystery Science Theater and didn't. It's wonderful. (laughs) It's interesting. And, you know, you've kind of actually hit on it a couple of times during our conversation the movies and the TVs of the seventies, yeah, yeah, were just uh, they're just kind of an, an era unto itself. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been talking about that for years. As far as why is that? What was going on? You know, just all of those seeds were planted. Just the disillusionment of the nineteen sixties. You know, the killing of the Kennedys and MLK and Martin. Um, Malcolm X and just all these folks who were assassinated. You've got the Vietnam War. You've got um, you've got Watergate. So you're not trusting people. So just the paranoia, the dissatisfaction. You've got the collapse of the movie studios. So you've got the taking of chances on these younger directors and some of the older directors are trying things that they've never been allowed to try before. I mean, gosh, look at Robert Altman's work in the 1970s. It's amazing. And he's one of the older guys as opposed to like your Scorsese's or your Spielberg's that are just coming in and just tearing it up. And yeah, I just love all of these things. And even like the drive-in culture and all of the people that Roger Corman brought to the party and you just bring all of these things together and you've got such an eclectic mix of just wonderful things going on that nobody had seen before. I mean, you know, the the conversation and Star Wars and Jaws and then like, you know, things like Defula or Captain Milkshake and just kind of these more obscure titles where it's just like, wow, look at what people are doing. And that's just in the States. You know, we're not even talking about Europe where you had like all the, the student revolts in 68 and all the upheaval with that and just, you know, still getting over uh, World War II and people coming to terms with those things and just, my gosh, just all of the, that added to this. And then the Americans looking at the Europeans going, oh, we want to do what you guys are doing. Just the kind of echo chamber of people bouncing things back and forth. I love it. I was always wondering like if after like the pandemic thing was all dead and gone, if you were going to see like a new wave kind of movies, but I, I kind of have my doubts, especially like comparing it to the seventies and especially the way that you just described it. It's a little, mm-hmm. it's a little different, you know, it's kind of apples and oranges, I think. 
Yeah, yeah. I am curious to see where we go over the next, you know, 10, 12 years. There might be a lot of different things. Just the, the whole democratization of people being able to have access to things that they had never had access to before. Like mm-hmm. now we're not dealing with studio systems and these things. Now it can be a lot more DIY. But even without it being DIY, even working within the smaller setups that we have. I mean, just over the last few months, I've interviewed a bunch of folks where it's just like, wow, you guys are doing some very interesting things with not a whole lot of money. And just the connections is very fascinating to hear. Like I'm talking one guy and I'm like, oh, you edited the thing that this other guy directed. And, you know, and he was the cinematographer on this other thing over here. Just like connecting all these dots of all these different independent filmmakers who are all working at different times, but with each other, which is fascinating to me to see how all these things connect. And it's like, yeah, you're turning out some just amazing things. And then some people are you know, doing independent things. And then eventually it's like they get picked by the majors, quote unquote. It's like the guys who wrote that, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Chip and Dale uh, movie that was just showed premiered. I think it was on, was that on Disney plus. Yeah. Must have so, been. Yeah. 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 And it's like, Oh, well before that we made these smaller independent comedies, which were really dark. And it's like, wow, I wouldn't have pegged you guys to make the Chip and Dale movie. But when you watch their early stuff, it's like, okay, I can kind of see some of these glimmers that are going to build into this other story. So all right, I'm going to throw one more media at you. <laughs> <laughs> being very busy with your podcast and obviously doing a lot of editing uh, when you have free time, are there other podcasts that you like to listen to? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love listening to, we hate movies, which is a terrific podcast about movies and they, they don't take things as seriously, let's say, but they definitely know about films, which is great. So to hear them talk about things, they have a deep understanding of movies while they are, mercilessly making fun of them and in a hilarious way they are all um, very skilled when it comes to improv so they'll get an idea and they'll just take it and run with it and kind of rebuild the movie while they're discussing it that's great uh god awful movies is another one that i love where they take a lot of like uh, more christian cinema or just faith-based cinema and just tear it a new one and just talk about some of the the ridiculous things as far as like some of the production values. And yeah, I I really enjoy that one. And then I've been listening to a lot of one called no dogs in space recently, which is actually a movie or sorry, music podcast where they'll do deep dives on different bands and kind of the whole history of a band and their influences. So I'd love to know like why things are the way they are. And all of these podcasts kind of like tell you a little bit about that. Like it, no dogs in space. I got to keep that one in my uh, <laughs> on my sample shelf. That sounds like a fun one. Yeah, yeah. I'm just finishing up their series on Joy Division right now. It's really well done. Cool. All right. So we have a portion of the show, and it is called Shameless Self Promotion. Shameless Self Promotion. And this is where you can let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. Well, the best place to get in touch with me is through the website for the podcast, which is projectionboothpodcast.com. And all of the other podcasts that we do are listed over on the right-hand side. So very easy to get to that way. Links for our socials, you know, Twitter, Instagram, 
I've done like two TikTok videos. Not like, you know, I'm an old man. So (laughs) (laughs) even Instagram's a little like too much for me sometimes. So, but yeah, all of those things, Facebook, all that stuff, that's all available there. All the places where you can subscribe, we're on iTunes, all that kind of stuff. So all of these podcasts that we've been talking about, all available over there. And you can even find links to some of the things that I listen to on that page as well. It's a one-stop shop. So project boothpodcast.com. There you have it, folks. We have been speaking with Mr. Mike White, the head and creator of Projection Booth Podcast. Mike, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. It was such a pleasure. Hello there, Ripples of the Sharp Illusion. If you are listening to this ad right now, you know that we've got a special show coming up on Halloween. And guess who my guest is going to be? Jennifer Page, the ghost of Halloween past. (laughs) And she's got a brand new podcast called I Talk to Ghosts. And we'll be hanging out and you will be treated to a scary story and we will have candy and we will be uh, bobbing for apple pie. Oh, I love it. (laughs) That'll be a spooky, spooky mess. (laughs) (laughs) It's easier that way, though, you know. Absolutely. (laughs) Have a listen on your favorite podcast app, even the one that you might be listening to right now. And if you don't want to listen on a podcast app, have a listen to Sharpolution.com, the spooky website. And check out Jennifer's podcast on podcast apps everywhere as well. who have been here before, you know that catchy tune and you know what that means. It's time for Sherpa Samples, and that is where I sample podcasts and just kind of fill you in on them. Um, it's not really my job to critique them, but I will tell you if I really like them, I think I can do that at the very least. And if you have a podcast that you think that I should be sampling, you know what to do. Just message me on social media at SherpaLotion, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or if you don't want to do that, you can email me at jimthepodcastsherpa at gmail.com and just use the subject line Sherpa Samples so I will know to check out the podcast at your request. You don't have to pay anything for it. I do it for free. Free! Yay! And if I sample your podcast on the air, I will mention your name and you will be heard by... A couple of people, anyway. I don't know. (laughs) Somebody's listening. I'm sure there is. But anyway, let's get back to the samples. You know, I really don't get the chance too often to talk about history podcasts. I think I've mentioned a few in the past, uh, like Stuff You Missed in History Class. That was really cool. And uh, Encyclopedia Womanica, also a really great history podcast. Checked out a few, uh, definitely with a British flavor, I would say. I checked out Cautionary Tales with Tim Harford, and this is about uh, things gone wrong that made history, and there are definitely some really interesting stories on this podcast, and 
certainly worth a listen. And I also listened to Revisionist History by a guy whose name you probably hear a lot when it comes to podcasts. He's an author. His name is Malcolm Gladwell. And the episode that I listened to, believe it or not, as far as history is concerned, it's about Will and Grace. He talked to the creators of the show and how they were able to create a show about a straight woman and a gay man and make a lasting impression on the television network and make a really great show, too. I really enjoyed it with Eric McCormick and Deborah Messing. They can come on the podcast, too, if they like. They're welcome. And finally, uh, in, in history, I listened to something brought to you by the BBC, hosted by a guy named Gary Jenner, and the show is called You're Dead to Me. <laughs> and it is really about his historical figures, not uh, a family spat or anything like that. And the episode that I got to listen to was about Julius Caesar. And it's Gary, it's uh, some comedians, it's some historical experts, and they mix it really nicely together. And it really helps you learn. Educational and entertaining, those are two things that are always high criteria on some of my favorite podcasts. Definitely worth a listen. Check it out. Also, some science related podcasts as well. Uh, there's a podcast called Maintenance Phase, and it has to do with uh, debunking a lot of the fads in the health industry and uh, dieting and nutrition. And it is hosted by Aubrey and Michael. Uh, the episode that I checked out was about calories and it's really confusing when it comes to calories. You may see those listed on the side of the box, but uh, how they arrive at that is really, really crazy. So it's not as simple as it seems. And they really did a great job of explaining the confusion. <laughs> also, I listened to the Uberman Lab because I know some of you are saying, you know, Sherpa, there are not enough neuroscience podcasts out there. Well, Dr. Andrew Uberman has that fixed. And the episode that I listened to on his podcast was about sleeping and how to get better sleep. Really interesting stuff. If you nap, no more than an hour and a half. See, I'm, I'm giving away little secrets here. My, my day and a half naps are now going to stop, I promise. Yes. Uh, also in the news, uh, there is a podcast called Alex Wagner Tonight. Alex Wagner is a commentator for MSNBC. I know I've spoken about some podcasts where they talk about the news and it's sort of a, I guess, a right-wing type of presentation. This is more a little left-wing. Uh, it seems like it comes right out of her MSNBC broadcast. That's what I'm presuming. Uh, I know people always ask me, you know, Sherpa, do you lean to the left or do you lean to the right? I actually just lean forward and I tend to fall down a lot. That's probably the easiest thing to explain. A couple of uh, nonfiction podcasts also came through, which I really enjoyed sampling. Uh, one of them is called The Summer Place, and it was actually uh, produced by Robert Downey Jr. and his wife. And this was about a place called Synanon, which was out in California which became kind of like a cult in the 1970s. And I got to tell you, from listening just to the trailer and chapter one, it is really intense. So if you really like intense, true stories, definitely check out The Sunshine Place. Also, another one that's no slouch is another one called Fed Up. And this has to do with a battle between two women. And one of them is a social media influencer who came up with this diet called the F Factor, which was based on fiber. And the other woman involved in the story found that this doesn't work and it's making people sick, so they kind of take their battle to the internet. But uh, it's a really cool story, uh, really interesting, and says a lot about cancel culture as well. 
A couple of other silly ones that I listened to were Dungeons and Daddies, which is a role-playing game, kind of like Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, it, it's several improv actors uh, playing Dungeons and Dragons, and they, they're trying to rescue their sons, which hence the name. And uh, if you like uh, role-playing stuff, uh, you will definitely be entertained by this. And we also had This Past Weekend, which is hosted by a stand-up comedian named Theo Vaughn. Uh, I think he's from down south. He's had uh, some comedy specials on some of the streaming services, if you like his humor. And if you do like his humor, check out his podcast. He's either doing solo shows or he's got guests on his shows as well. And lastly, we have Knowledge Fight, which is hosted by two guys named Dan and Jordan. And basically, uh, they analyze everything that was said on the InfoWars podcast with Alex Jones. And spoiler alert, they're not fans, but they're pretty funny. <laughs> they're on uh, Behind the Bastards a lot, and uh, they've definitely got an interesting type of humor. So if you don't like Alex Jones, then you're probably going to like Knowledge Fight. Because <laughs> these guys uh, spare no expense, and they really... They don't like him. <laughs> That's all I can say. But anyway, uh, I hope you like this and hopefully maybe check out some of these podcasts. Let me know what you think, too. Don't be afraid to message me about that, too. <sighs> okay. I think I've said enough in one breath. So, you know what? I think we will head on out into the outro. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and a special thanks to Mike White. And make sure you check out his podcast, The Projection Booth, on your favorite podcast apps. They're all over the place, just like mine. And if you don't like downloading podcast apps to hear this show, all you've got to do is go to my website, and that is Sherpolution.com. I'll spell it for you. Ready? Okay, it's like this spelling bee. Take a breath, Sherpa. Take a breath. Okay. S-H-E-R-P-A-L-U-D-I-O-N dot com. That's how you do it, folks. If you go there, uh, you will hear every episode from the beginning till now and beyond. And also, you will see the link to the Sherpa shop. And you can also hear some of my little side projects. And you can also find out how you can donate money to a poor, starving Sherpa. Next week, we will be returning to Too Many Podcasts again, and we will be speaking with a pro wrestler and voiceover artist. His name is Flynn Hendricks, living down in Nashville, Tennessee. And had a great time talking to him. Really fascinating perspective on pro wrestling and the voiceover biz. We got a lot of those guys. They're always a lot of fun. And this show is no different from that. Trust me, it's a lot of fun. So check it out. And until then... Mr. Lord Bruce, we're out of here. Viva La Sharpolution. Thanks for listening to Too Many Podcasts. Please disperse. You can go home now. I said you can go home now. Viva La Sharpolution. Viva La Sharpolution. <laughs> oh. Yo, come back now, you hear? <laughs> <laughs>